It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now, Chef Ashley Moore is at the helm of Cork's award-winning Goldie, which is a renowned sustainable seafood restaurant. 2024 has gotten off with a bang, and I spoke to Ashley last week to find out more about what she's been up to and to talk to her about her soon-to-be-published cookbook, Whole Catch. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ashleen, welcome back to Irish Soil. You have been a very busy lady this past few weeks with a trip to New York that we're going to talk about. You have retained your Michelin Bib Gourmand. We're going to talk about that as well. And you're going to be even more busy in the coming weeks and months with your, your new book, your inaugural book, which is called Catch. So thank you for taking the time to talk to me because you are flat out. Thanks for having me, Sharon. Delighted to talk to you. So let's talk about the Michelin Bib Gourmand. You have retained that since you opened in 2021. But for people that might not be familiar with what it is, just explain what the bib is and, and why it is important to restaurateurs such as yourself. Yeah, so this is this is our fourth year since getting and retaining it um, to keep it. We're delighted. So a, a Michelin Bib Gourmand basically means... Um, Good quality cooking at a good price. Um, so I think certainly from my perspective this year with inflation, you know, we've done everything we possibly can do to keep the prices um, as as reasonable as possible um, and accessible as possible because we want the people of Cork to eat in our restaurant, you know, as often as they possibly can or as they'd like to. So trying to keep that price was... It, it's always difficult to offer a quality product, support amazing producers, buy the best quality you possibly can, um, pay your team um, as they deserve to be paid while trying to, to offer a competitive quality product. So I think, you know, last year and certainly the start of this year, it's been difficult for all restaurants to be able to do that and commit to it. So. I'm just really pleased that we were able to do that and still fit into um, Michelin's criteria, even though I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm not really sure what that is. Um, but I'm just glad that we can continue to be within it. Um, and we've we've benefited greatly, you know, from that. And when, when we first got the bib, there was none other in the city. And now Takashi got one in Ichigo for his... Um, his new concept and St. Francis have one now and Kush has one. So I think, um, you know, there's four in Cork, I believe I could be wrong there, but I think that's, that's amazing because I'm not really sure what other County has four. And it's a great accolade to have them because it brings people to Goldie, your restaurant, but they might stay longer in the city and go to one of the other restaurants. So, you know, it's not that you're competing with each other. It's more like um, cooperation and, and working together to, to make the city a very, and the county, because obviously St. Francis is down in Conceal. Um, mm-hmm. Bastion is down there, which has a, a Michelin star and Castle Marger 
hair has gone to two stars. So Cork as a city and, a, and the county is a very attractive place for the food lover. 100%. I think I think that's the way we have to approach, you know, the, fu- the future of Irish food and the future of food tourism is collectively, you know, um, because there are so many options. You know, the Michelin Guide is amazing. The application for your phone, the way it works, the maps, everything. And it, it does direct a lot of customers our way, which we're really grateful for. But for sure, I mean, there is a lot. We get a lot of a lot of tourists in the summertime, especially and like they have the app out and, and, and they'll be showing you everywhere else they ate. And, you know, a lot of that is in the Michelin Guide. A lot of it is relying on, you know, travel publications, newspaper articles, that kind of thing. But um, certainly it does um, it does have a huge impact for us. But I, I think for for a food destination holiday in Europe, I, I don't think you could get much better than Cork for variety and price point at, you know, variable options you know i think that we have really good things um in the middle price point the higher price point and the lower price point and i think you know we've amazing obviously the english market farmers markets uh the marina market as well you know there's a lot of different price points where you can come to cork and have a really good weekend or week eating in you know restaurants and eateries with different cuisines different cultures uh, I think Cork really represents the world now and I think that being in New York you know you you see obviously the vast population um, I'd been there before but I, I was 20 so I think it's probably too young to appreciate it um, whereas now you know come back to Cork you can kind of be like yeah you know I know there is so much variety over there but I think I think we're holding our own with the population size we have. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know off the top of my head what the population is in New York, but it's going to be more than the entire population of Ireland. 35 million. It's huge. So when you open mm-hmm. a restaurant there and you have this huge pool of people that you can um, call on to make it a, a success, you know, you have to know your target market and market appropriately. But whenever you are in an in an area with a, a much smaller population, it can be hugely challenging because the tourism side of the business, um, you know, you you rely on the locals as much if or if, if not more than the the people that are coming as as food tourists. So you have a very specialized restaurant there with, where it's all about fish, and you've talked about the ingredients, how important it is to you to source local in-season ingredients and you know you want to pay the, the fishermen um a fair price for what they're bringing to you um and and you know you're not in the business of, of losing money you are in the business of, of making money so that's it's really important and I think good consumers are very cognizant of that and, and they appreciate that and whenever we talk about those local in-season ingredients that's something that is a requirement to be a member of Eurotalk. And you've been a member of it for a number of years. Probably a member now seven years, six or seven years. Um, and kind of gotten more involved in the last two years, I suppose, um, with the Food Council and with the Young Chef competition. And 
yeah, I think Eurotalk being involved in Eurotalks for me personally is great because I've I've made some great friends and, and great colleagues and connections. But then, you know, equally, I I feel like every time I'm at a Eurotalks event, it adds huge value to my restaurant, um, because I get to learn, and you know, being on the food council where we champion food producers just gives me an opportunity to meet food producers and better understand the food that I'm serving. So um it's a win 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 really i think um i would recommend any any chef to get involved or food producer because it's a really special community and i i can really only see us growing i think you know we we have some like big plans for 2024 our agm is on the 26th of february in harvey's point in donegal which everyone's really excited to be going up north and it's something that we kind of were looking towards um to doing a bit more because Sadly, a lot of things within food in Ireland are, don't really go past Dublin um, or down <laughs> either way, north or south. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all really excited to be going up there and just kind of do a few, a few, few food producer trips and see what's going on. Absolutely. That will be amazing. And Eurotalk does the Young Chef of the Year competition, which you've talked about. And you yourself have won the Food and Wine magazine Best Young Chef in Ireland, and you won that last year. And all of these things are really important whenever it comes to your profile and the profile of the 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 restaurant, because you know you want more people to come to the restaurant. You want it to be full every night that it's open. And one of the ways that you can work towards that is by taking part in, in various different events, which, you know, is marketing Goldie in, in Cork. And you were in New York recently and it was a kitchen takeover at the Dead Rabbit, which is an Irish pub in New York. And that was with Mark Moriarty and it was to celebrate St. Bridget's Day. And Mark has won the Eurotalk Young Chef of the Year and he went on then to the World Competition and he won the Best Chef of the Year. And I heard him recently on a podcast with Gareth Mullins and Gary O'Hanlon, two um, well-known chefs in Ireland. And he was talking about how all of these events are really important in terms of of profile, and it's it's not a vanity exercise. It is a, it's a marketing exercise. So tell me about when Mark first got in touch with you to ask you if you would do the the kitchen takeover in the Dead Rabbit. Yeah, so um, he just shot me a message just saying, um, would I be interested in? going to cook in New York at the Dead Rabbit. Um, And if so, could he give me a call about it? And then we just had a quick conversation. And it was basically that he was kind of curating um, this series called Tradition Meets Tomorrow with the Dead Rabbit. Um, And he wanted to bring the best Irish talent to New York. And the Dead Rabbit kind of wanted to portray and wants to portray, um, you know, 21st century modern Irish food in America because they feel that Irish food isn't being represented um, properly and that they feel that they assume most Americans think we just eat bacon and cabbage and corned beef and all that, which we do and we love, but we, we have, um, we have a vast variety of foods going on in Ireland and we're really proud about it. So yeah, I was lucky to be the first one to do it. So it was a, I was kind of the guinea pig. Um, 
but I, I to be honest, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was quite nervous going over there because when you're, you know, luckily with we've gotten lots of opportunities to cook all over Ireland. Um, and I get to bring my fantastic kitchen team with me. And unfortunately, my kitchen team wouldn't fit in my 20 kg luggage. And I needed them to run the restaurant when I wasn't here. So um, I was going on my own with somebody I'd never worked with before in Mark. Um, so that was great. It was a pleasure working with him. Um, you know, we kind of worked on the menu together. And yeah, the, the, the Dead Rabbits, it's open, it's open 11 years. Um, Jack McGarry, the owner, he's 34. One of the most impressive people I've ever met. Um, just for for like it's eleven years and he's there eleven years, but you know I was just really struck by his commitment to profiling Ireland, but also how he runs his business, um, how consistent and cohesive his branding was, his messaging was throughout all aspects of the bar. Um, yeah, it was it was a really enlightening experience. And it must have been great working with Mark in terms of maybe learning some new things, techniques, flavors from him. Absolutely, yeah. And and like you say, you know, like I think Mark's having and had a career um in Ireland where he's kind of, you know, written his own blueprint. I don't think there's any there's been anyone really who's kind of navigated things the way he has um working in the style of restaurants that he was working into what he's doing now. I think that's something quite new that we haven't seen, um, which is exciting. And I think it's only going to create more opportunities for people. Um, and I was really, you know, appreciative that he shared the opportunity with me. Um, he's doing an event himself there in July. Uh, Mikkel Villagen from Chapter One is going over in April. And Kieran McSweeney is going over in October, I think, um, which will be the first the first four of the series. And I, I do think they're... Um, committed to continuing it so I'm sure it'll be an opportunity for for more Irish chefs which is great um I'm sure Mark could probably do four menus a year no problem um but the the collaboration is great and we did two sittings one at 3 p.m and one at 6 p.m and in the first sitting there was a, a table of two regular customers from Goldie in the room no way yeah bizarre absolutely bizarre um they had just been in, in New York on a holiday and they saw that I was coming over so they booked tickets so that was really special <laughs> um, that's brilliant that's amazing and then the other guests that were there you know did you get a sense of what they were were like in terms of where they real foodies now I know a lot of people don't don't like that particular terminology were they regulars to the dead rabbit because there you have the goldie to who are the regulars was the other majority made up of, of regulars? Um, I think for the most part, there was a lot of people in food in America. So there was some journalists, um, some food writers, people who worked in TV, um, and then a lot of Irish people who were living in New York were just happy to meet some more Irish people. And also kind of our perception of people who live abroad is that they eat out all the time, who who are Irish, you know, and, and I think they, they were kind of excited to see what we were doing there. But, you know, also... The Dead Rabbit is one of the most, I've been lucky to cook in lots of great places and mention places or whatever and collaborations and The Dead Rabbit, everyone knew what it was the minute I said it. You know, it's so famous, world famous. They've won the best bar in the world um, several times and 
you know, has a huge social media following, has fantastic marketing, incredible collaborations, you know, have I've I've been to a lot of bars and I've never seen in Ireland or abroad that many Irish products on a shelf. You know, um it's it's just so impressive to the chairs that you're sitting on in the bar, they're Irish. So I think a lot of people a lot of a lot of Irish people who live in New York definitely feel like it's home there. You know, they they have trad music and they have you know, they have the Guinness and the Tato or whatever, but it's it's also, you know, a modern representation. It's not shamrocks and diddly idols. It's like a real it's it's a real representation of what of what Ireland is today. And I think people who I met there who were young Irish people living in New York, it just seemed like it was a real strong sense of home for them. Um and yeah, I think, you know, nearly every second person in that room is Irish or had Irish connections, you know, um, yeah. You must tell us what was on the menu, what you and Mark cooked up together. Yes, so it was um, oysters, Irish Point oysters, uh, with a cucumber, horseradish and apple gazpacho. Uh, There was like pickled uh, cucumber and green apple through it. And then we made this um kind of oyster cream pearl thing with liquid nit- nitrogen that marked it because that is not that's not my area of expertise but it, de- it definitely made the dish better so that was our first kind of snack each drink was paired with an Irish drink uh I'll send you on the menu actually it's really cool uh the first drink was very memorable it was called um Fermanagh champagne so basically they distilled brioche and apple and they made something taste of champagne without any champagne. I think if you could oh. bottle it and sell that, <laughs> uh, it'd be very competitive on, on the price side things. But um, yeah, it was delicious. So they, the bar did a drink for each um, for each menu. But we'd we'd had Zoom calls and that prior to going to make sure that things were going to balance. And um, yeah, the drinks were amazing. Like I'm not the biggest cocktail person. Um and certainly generally not with food, but the way they paired it was was just so impressive. And then we did a um, potato and sauerkraut rosti, so kind of a, a throw to spuds and cabbage, um, but just a little bit more modern. Um, and that was with uh, some caviar and some smoked cod's row and emulsion. And then we did a, a lobster Mary Rose tartlet to kind of... Christmas Christmas menu, Christmas dinner starter for many Irish people. Maybe it's not lobster, but prawn. <laughs> um, and then we did a mackerel dish with beetroot ponzu and pickled ginger and black radish. And we did halibut with a smoked butter sauce. Um, Kerrygold sponsored the event, so we had no shortage of butter. And um, some p- pickled Irish seaweed. So yeah, it was great to have so many talking points about uh you know what irish food is now and also like how it's perceived um and i think the the potato and cabbage dish was a good kind of talking point on that um so yeah and for bridget's day you know it was they're they're trying to celebrate as much as they can that is irish so um yeah it was a really special day and the ingredients then did you source some of the ingredients from ireland and then some of them in from New York suppliers yes that was quite difficult I did bring some dried forage seaweed and stuff like that in my bag (laughs) 
and luckily got through customs. Uh, yeah, and we got some stuff sent over and we got stuff there. We went to a few markets that morning before we were cooking. Uh, it, it is That is probably the biggest, uh, most difficult thing about it because you're, especially for me, because I don't write my menu until the day. Like here, I write the menu every single day. It changes, like it could change it. At half three, I could change my mind, you know, and I have that luxury. So I hate when I'm doing any form of event or anything, when someone asks me for a menu weeks in advance, I'm like, I'll probably hate the idea in two weeks. Uh, so yeah, that was a challenge. Um, and yeah, even though New York is the center of the universe, it is very hard to get <laughs> certain ingredients. So uh, yeah, being able to bring over, you know, little bits of Ackle Island sea salt and we were able to get Guinness quite easily over there. Mark did a very nice treacle and Guinness bread. Um, and seaweeds and I, I I just brought kind of the small things I could get away with from here uh, just to kind of really I suppose showcase what we do at Goldie but also have the points to be able to say that you know Irish ingredients are world-class uh, and that was kind of a, a big message of the of the event I think you know all the people who were there were acutely aware of the quality of our produce um, but I, I and I think we probably, especially in that bar, the export of alcohol is huge. But I think certain foodstuffs to get into the US is it's a lot more difficult. So um, yeah, that was that was quite interesting as well. And you know what, we we they they had a sister restaurant called Harry's that we got to prep in. So that was that was great for us. So I got to be in American kitchens and see how those things work. You know, which is great. You know, I think. No matter what restaurant or business I walk into, I'm immediately trying to scan for what what are they doing better than I'm doing? How can I improve what I'm doing? So I think, although it's amazing to be able to go away and, and leave, and I'm so lucky that I have a, a team here that I can leave and trust and that, you know, they can they can do the job better than, better than I do when I'm there. Um, I was just really excited to come back and you know, improve and increase our quality. Um, but yeah, it was, it was certainly a nice way to start the year. And I, it's going to be a busy one for me. So I think starting starting the year not being in the kitchen was probably um, great for the team and for me. Um, because although I've achieved a, a level of work-life balance for my team, I haven't quite achieved that for myself yet. And that is something that I'm really going to work on this year because... I'm sure it's probably going to be one of the busier years. Um, so just prioritizing sleep and rest and all those things and time that where I'm actually not working because I'm one of the few people who really, really enjoy their jobs. And I I, I know how, how lucky I am for that. But because of that, I probably take less time off than other people because I enjoy my job so much. Um, so I think it was a, it was a great year, a great way to start the year for me anyway. And... Out of all the dishes that were on the menu that day, was there one for you that really stood out that that was your personal favourite? Um, I think the Fermanagh champagne was your favourite drink on the menu. <laughs> yes, and it was with oysters. So I think you can't really beat that combination. And it was, yeah, it's a great way to start a meal with an oyster. Um. Yeah, we did a hal- the halibut dish with the, the smoked butter and the delisk. That's kind of a real goldy dish and kind of represents what we do here. 
like we just kind of we're simple with you know what we put on the plate it's usually just like fish and sauce um and just make it a really perfect piece of fish and a really good sauce so I think that kind of showcase what we do at Goldie while also kind of applying it to the format of five courses in an hour and a half or whatever craziness it was um but yeah it was really fun oh we also had uh raw chocolates to oh. hand out to all the customers at, at the end which was lovely um she had done a collab with the dead rabbit so there was various different kind of cocktail flavors and irish liqueurs that they were amazing and people were very excited to be going home with a box of those well, look, it sounds like it was an, an absolutely fantastic event. If people out there aren't in a position to get to the Dead Rabbit or down to Goldie, you are in the process of publishing your own cookbook, which is called The Whole Catch. Yes. And we can all have a little bit of Goldie in our in our homes then because of all the recipes that are, that are in the book. It's published by Blasta Books. And tell us about the different recipes that are in it, Ashley, and how you pulled it all together. Yeah, so it's out on April 25th. It's available to pre-order now on, on Blasta Books website, Blasta Books study. Um, and it's basically what we do in Goldie our philosophy is the whole catch approach where basically we'll take whatever the boats land and we'll build our menu around that. So I kind of wanted to get that into the book without putting the pressure on somebody that they have to go buy a whole <laughs> boat of fish. Um, but they can buy whole fish and that's kind of uh, a strong point in the book on, you know, how you can buy and store fish and have it in your fridge that little bit longer if it's on the bone. Um, I think that's always a big thing for people when they're cooking fish at home is they feel like if they buy it, they have to use it that day. And if not, they can't um, or they feel like they can't, um, you know, get to the supermarket or get to the farmer's market or the fishmonger. So there's a couple of recipes in there with tin fish um, and just kind of, I suppose, my philosophy on how to eat eat seafood and and be a bit more conscious of the environment um and the impact that has uh let's say i like i firmly believe you know seafood in ireland it's there's a big supply and demand issues whereby you know we all want to put whatever fish on our menu and all the customers want to order and eat whatever fish and then all the rest of the ones get left behind i don't want to name any fish there because I don't want to contribute to it. Um, but so I think, you know, the the big message of whole catch is to, to eat variety, eat a variety of different seafoods. Um, and then also focusing on regenerative agriculture, aquaculture, which I believe is going to be the future of how we as a world are going to continue to be able to eat seafood. So there's a little bit or a lot of education in the book as well. There's education, but I think the food is also very accessible. It's excessively educational in the sense that, you know, one of the dishes, let's say, for instance, is a crab madame, like a crack madame, except it's crab instead of the ham. And, um, you know, in Goldie, we're acutely aware that we're a seafood restaurant and we have limited options to offer our customers. But we want to appeal to people who love food, not just fish. 
So we we try make our menu items and our food as accessible to everybody as possible. What I would really love for the book is that one of the dishes in the book became a person or a family's weekly go-to meal and that it fits in to a busy household that, you know, people can't go to the supermarket every day of the week or the farmer's market um, or the fishmonger. So to be able to kind of build a repertoire of dishes that, you know, you can rely on or execute or, you know, maybe you could buy a whole fish and eat fish twice that week and it doesn't have to be one day after the other and it's not the same dish. Now, there's there's actually a lot of options when it comes to seafood. I just think for the most part, a lot of the dishes seem to be like very classical Um, that, that seem to be out there. So I suppose... My approach has been more of a 21st century kind of modern, almost cool uh, way of looking at recipes. But I, I suppose I also understand now this is we're, f- we're nearly five years in um, how people want to eat seafood and how to convince the people who aren't really sure about seafood that it's delicious. Um, and the biggest the biggest kind of hurdle to that is handling a fish, uh, storing fish and buying fish. So, you know, there's lots of really good tips on that. And then there's, you know, there's a whole section about um, nonstick cooking hacks because that seems to be the thing again and again I hear every other day um, that turns people off cooking fish. So that was going to be a big focus of the of the book for me. I think what Kristen's done with Blast of Books has been just incredible and I just really wanted to add value to that family of cookbook, you know, that that collection um and kind of really take advantage of the opportunity that I was given so I'm very grateful to to Kristen for kind of asking me to be a part of the project and I'm I'm really kind of hopeful that the book has the impact that I that I think the fishing industry deserves and the the consumption of seafood deserves because um I think I think we're headed into, you know, scary direction in so many different ways when it comes to how secure our food sources are. And I think we all really need to wake up to the fact that um, consumerism to the to the heights of which it's at in food is not helping, you know, uh, that we need to be a bit more practical with our decisions. And um, and I also think that there, you can be really, really practical and still eat really delicious food. Uh, I don't think it's one or the other. And I, I don't think it's all cockroaches. And... <laughs> um beans and all this all, even though beans are amazing but you know what I mean I don't think uh... yeah there's seven days in the week so there's plenty of room whenever you're cooking breakfast lunch dinner for meat dishes fish dishes vegan dishes vegetarian dishes so we, we you know we just need to kind of mix it up a bit and keep our eye on what's happening in the world just to ensure that the, the food security isn't going to be an issue down the line so you know I think absolutely that's a, it's a, a very good point to make so we are we're just in February Ashley, and you've had a very busy couple of months where normally the start of the year there there can be a bit of a lull in the the, the world of restaurants what is next now the book is going to be launched in April so you're going to be out and about with it is there anything else happening this year that you can tell us about I have a few things lined up, but nothing absolutely confirmed yet. 
Well, look, you can keep us posted and whenever you have new um, events taking place, I, I presume you put them up on your Instagram. Yeah, everything will be on my Instagram or uh, Goldie the Restaurant's Instagram. And then, yeah, we're 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 kind of intending to to, to do as many pop-ups um, with the book and kind of do a bit of a tour of Ireland um, as much as we can. So hopefully all my friends with restaurants and the like will have us um, so we can kind of spread the message of Whole Catch. Brilliant. Well, listen, I'm delighted with all your success today. It's richly deserved and I, I'll be watching throughout the year, Ashley, and I hope you'll be back on the programme very soon. Cheers, Sharon. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.